This is Attack of the 20th Century. Thank you for joining us as we explore science fiction, fantasy, and horror films of the 20th century. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your other host, Kim. Welcome to episode 36. We are reviewing 1992's film, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook at Attack of the 20th Century. That's 20TH. We post our next movie selection there. You can comment, give your thoughts, and they just might make it on the air. So how are you today, Kim? I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> Why are you tired? Because I've been on a mower for about, oh, what's nine to four? Is that? You, math? I have to do math this quickly? Uh, yeah. Seven hours? Something like that. I mean, I did take a lunch break, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of that time I was on a mower. So, so why are we tired when you sit and mow? I don't know. I think it's the sun. It's the Florida sun. You're in the sun. Yeah. I wear a big straw hat, but still, you're in the sun all day. And it's not, I mean, most of it is sitting and mowing because we have a riding mower. But mm-hmm. um, I do have to get down and move cables and cords and water hoses. Yeah. You know, so we've got water that runs out to the goat pen and we've got... You know, the camper stays hooked up most of the time to electricity and water, so I have to unhook all that stuff and move it. And we have trees that like to drop giant limbs in our yard. Yeah. Uh, not in our yard, in our five acres. <laughs> so there is a, there's some up and down off of the mower and hauling limbs and all that fun stuff. So Definitely. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired. But most of it, I think, is probably the sun's fault. I'm- okay. Uh, something I've done lately, I went with a buddy of mine to Spooky Empire in Orlando, Florida, Yep. So this is a Comic-Con. Me and uh, a buddy named Nathan, he's my Comic-Con buddy. And sometimes we cosplay. We go to different events. We like Megacon. Tampa Bay Comic-Con's coming up. We'll be at that Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've taken our kids in the past. I think our daughter wants to go to Tampa Bay Comic-Con. Yeah. But uh, we went to Spooky Empire. It definitely has more of a horror theme to it, you know, which the kids aren't really into. Yeah, right. Um, But... It was pretty cool. I got to meet Danielle Harris from the Halloween series. She was at four and five, and she was also in the Rob Zombie Halloween okay. movie series, which I haven't seen those. I've only seen the originals. Hey, I listened to somebody else's podcast about the movie we're, we're reviewing today, and they uh-huh. mentioned one of the characters from Buffy is in Halloween 4, I think. Oh, really? As a love interest, maybe. Oh, I'll have have to to go back and figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. So we're about to go on vacation here shortly. We mentioned that, uh, I think, last podcast. Right. Because it got delayed. But this, we're recording actually sooner than what what it'll air. Don't we always do that? Yeah. (laughs) Don't we always record sooner than it will air? (laughs) It'd be weird if we aired it first and then record. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) We recorded it rather early, uh, but anyway, today, July first, is when we're recording this. Yes. Is Deborah Harry's seventy seventh birthday? Oh, happy birthday, Blondie! She's from Blondie. We uh, reviewed Tales from the Dark Side. Yes, she we did. One, she was one of the best parts of that movie. She was. She was. She really leaned into her character. I like that. Mm-hmm. I especially like to see someone that's not typically an actor really do well. You know, like step into a role and yeah, and really play it out. Right, it's right. Cool. She's a rock and roller, and she she did a pretty good job in that. Who's your favorite non-actor actor? 
Oh, don't put me on the spot. Like that. I have no idea. You um, used to be able to say The Rock, but now I think he's he's pretty much full fledged actor. Now. Yeah, I think that's what he does now. I do I do enjoy The Rock. He just makes me happy. He has such a great smile. Like yeah. he just is always enjoying life or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let me think. When it comes to like followers and stuff on Instagram, he's like in the top five. I think he's is he really? I would I would not. He's be pretty surprised. much universally loved. Yeah, I think so. It's that smile, man. Yeah. <laughs> when he plays Maui in uh, what's the Disney movie with the water and the girl? And... Yeah. Uh, what is that? Rwanda. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Moana. Moana. Rwanda's a country in Africa. Wow. Moana. Yeah. Moana. Yeah. That that character, that cartoon character. If he were ever going to be a cartoon, that's him. Yeah. Like that is, he's Maui. That's just perfect. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. great in Jumanji. Pretty much even the bad movies like. Jungle Cruise wasn't great, but he's still great in the yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, he just is who he is, right? Yeah. He's kind of the same guy in every movie. Yeah. David Bowie came to mind. Oh. Like, he's obviously not an actor, but we did see him in some things, and he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty good, right? Yeah. He's great in the Labyrinth. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was Labyrinth. Like, that was... Like, if anybody's going to write a role for a rock and roller... Yeah. Like, not just any rock and roller. That was very David Bowie-esque. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's true. Uh, you saw the movie Miracle about the hockey players, 1980 hockey squad that won right. uh, the gold medal. Almost that whole cast was composed of uh, hockey players. Oh, the actual like hockey players, not actors. Right. They weren't actors. Cool. They were hockey players. I didn't really, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I do love that movie. Yeah. It was a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I think the reason David Bowie was on the top of my mind, I heard somewhere today that he was slated for maybe a cameo in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. And it never happened. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know what happened with that. I don't know how true that is, but that was a rumor at one time. Okay. I know he was going to be slated to be Lord Elrond. In Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Yes. He would have been fantastic. Yeah. I don't remember the guy's name who plays Lord Elrond, but he did great The guy from The Matrix. Too. Yes. The guy from The Matrix. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Yes. Um, He's great too. Yeah. I never remember his name. I'm sorry. I don't either. Sir, I don't whoever either. you are. <laughs> but yeah. So David Bowie, I think, made, yeah. He's great as an actor. Uh, you know, O.J. Simpson, right? Before he was being chased by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> he the also white Bronco incident. <laughs> he, he was an actor, but before he was an actor, he was a football player. Uh, him and Naked Gun was pretty hilarious. Oh, I forgot all about Naked Gun. He was a Naked Gun. He was in the Towering Inferno, which was a, a okay. Good movie. Wait, let's pause for a minute. Yeah, he did a great job in those for mm-hmm. sure. But this just made me think of like there was like. I don't, do we still make comedies like we made comedies when they're like the Naked Gun series, the, mm-hmm. what was the poli- police, academy, yeah, airplane, like is anybody doing that stuff? Real anymore? slapstick stuff. Yeah. No, I don't know. All the John Candy movies. I think the National Chevy Lampoon's Chase. franchise. I right. Think, I think they've gotten raunchier though. Yeah, that's true. I, you're right. I think, Yeah. Post Hangover, and maybe maybe that turned before Hangover. So yeah, I'm not well versed in these, but everything got a lot rough, rougher, raunchier, yeah. racier, not so kid friendly. Yeah, exactly. Because I grew up just watching. Now, granted, there was stuff I probably shouldn't have been watching in Police Academy as a kid, <laughs> for sure. And in Spies Like Us, Chevy right. Chase, Dan Aykroyd, like, I yeah. love those movies growing up. Yeah, and they I all just, had their scenes that were probably inappropriate, right? But for uh, sure. 
<laughs> but the thing is, we watched most of these on cable television, and right. all that stuff was cut out. A lot of that stuff was filtered. So, what have you been watching lately? Um, not much. It's been a you know, kids have been sick, coming and going from camps when they're not sick, and I'm trying to cram in a lot of like pre lesson planning stuff for the school year before we actually get to go on vacation. But I will say PBS has brought back Endeavor. Um, and you guys know I love my British crime dramas. Oh, yeah. And so Endeavor is the prequel series for the Inspector Morse series, which then became the Inspector Lewis series. Like, like there's such a mm-hmm. PBS, BBC history. What about Inspector Gadget? Where does he fit? No, he's not. He's not British. No. Sorry, oh. he's out. I did love Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Maybe that's where my love for Inspector movies started. Was that's right. Inspector Gadget, because I did watch that like every day. <laughs> I loved Inspector Gadget. What about Inspector Clouseau? Oh, he was good too. You know, I don't remember watching Inspector Clouseau as a kid. It wasn't until I was out of college and I lived in Virginia for a very short window of time Uh before I moved overseas. And I was, that's when I remember being introduced to Pink, to like the original Pink Panthers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Loved. They're hilarious. Loved them. The Steve Martin ones weren't bad either. They were pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good stuff. Yeah, so we've watched that with the kids. But anyway, Endeavor is a prequel. Yeah, so Endeavor is like a prequel to the Inspector Morse series. So if you're familiar, Inspector Morse had like, I don't know, I want to say 20 seasons. That might be a stretch, but it may not. Like, it went on forever. Okay. And I love that show. I've watched every single episode of those. So Endeavor is like Inspector Morse as he was like a a young detective kind of coming up through the ranks and you kind of, because of course when all with all good British detectives, like inspector Morse has these quirks about him. Right. And he's yeah. a, kind of like a, he's an old man, but he's a bachelor and there's reasons, you know, there's tragedy in his past, but you never really know the full story. So endeavor is like the BBC slash PBS attempt to kind of flesh that out. Okay. And give you the backstory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's come. There's a new season of that out. I've watched two episodes, and I think they're only dropping three episodes this season. So, mm-hmm. kind of sad because I know that the last one, I think, drops the Sunday, and then it'll be done for at least a whole other year. Oh, if there's not another pandemic what or something. What will you do? Ah, I don't know. They do better something be crank- else. Yeah, <laughs> PBS usually doesn't let me down for too long. They take breaks. <laughs> You know, but then something else will be coming out. So, and I did sign up for a PBS passport, so at what? least I can go back. Yes, I told you're you you're telling this. me now that we're recording. Comes I have a out live of my allowance. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can at least go back and watch old episodes of things that I know I love. Okay. All right. Well, uh, what I've been watching since we watched this movie, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I thought, well, before we do this podcast, I'd like to watch a few of the episodes of the actual series yes so the series came out in 1997 mm-hmm. and this whole thing kind of feels very sarah michelle geller-esque because we did i know what you did last summer right. last time then we picked buffy and when i think of buffy i think of sarah michelle geller right and so we watched the movie it's like well before we talk about buffy at all let me watch a few episodes so uh our daughter and i and then you watched some. I watched the first couple with you guys. You watched, yeah. Yeah. So you watched the first couple. And then we've, we're up to like episode eight right now of season one. Okay. So I'll save my thoughts for that later because All I right. think it'd be fun to kind of do a little bit of a comparison. Um, 
but yeah, we've uh, we've consumed a lot of Buffy here in the last week or so. <laughs> yeah, you have. I, and she's all in, right? Our daughter loves it. Oh yeah, she loves so, it. So uh, I will say, I've heard comment that um, from some Buffy diehards that the first season is not great. Like you got to get oh. through the first season, and it really takes off. So. Oh. Maybe you guys are in for a treat. And I do think, I mean, you said they're long episodes, right? Like 45 minutes? Yeah, they're like 45 minutes long. I mean, that's like watching a BBC, PBS production of something. Yeah. So if we've watched seven episodes, we've watched a lot more of the show than we've watched the movie now. Oh, yeah. That's very true. That's very true. So So, I want to say when you get into the later seasons, they have like 22 episodes. So that's a lot lot of TV watching. I know. (laughs) Very popular. My sister was huge into Buffy. Okay. So, I could see that. I thought about trying to get her to send in an audio recording. Maybe we could do that. Yeah. Maybe see if she'll have, give us some comments. Yeah. Okay, this week we are discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie from 1992. It is a PG-13 movie, and its uh, Rotten Tomato scores are not great. We've got 36% from the uh, critics and 43% from the audience. You know, I wonder how much of that, though, is the series fans being upset. We watched a review of this film from somebody that loved the series and mm-hmm. then they went back and watched the movie and they were like, this isn't like my series. I hate this. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I heard a, an opposite review of the guy who loved the movie, just loved the campiness of it. And then said he never even watched the series because he knew it was a departure from the movie. Oh, so That's... maybe you have to be in one camp or the other. Yeah, I, I guess so. All right. So if you don't like spoilers, here's your chance to hit pause and come back and join us. Watch the movie, come back and join us later. But What is this movie about? Well, we have Buffy, the quintessential teenage valley girl who just wants to finish high school, move to Europe, marry Christian Slater, and die. (laughs) Is that what you wanted to do? No, actually, not at all. (laughs) But fate has deemed her a slayer. So when vampire lord Lothos moves to town and begins preying on Buffy's high school friends, Merrick the Watcher must convince Buffy of her calling and train her to slay the vampires. Buffy has to face the reality of her calling and kick some vampire butts. Oh, okay. Uh, What is your background with this movie? Okay, so this is one of those uh, sleepover movies. When Uh I was a preteen, teen, this was something, you know, that came out in 92. Mm -hmm. So I was, yeah. Early teens. Right. This was definitely, I probably saw, I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I definitely saw it at somebody's slumber party, probably played it at my own slumber party. Yeah. Watched it at girlfriend's houses. And you used to watch it with your sister too, right? Yeah. So my sister and I used to watch this. Okay. We wanted to kick some vampire butt too. Oh, that's cool. Uh, (laughs) I'd never seen it before this past week. And this was another one of your suggestions. You've Mm -hmm. done I Know What You Did Last Summer. You did this one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure our listening audience is appalled at my my movie choices. Uh, No, we'll get into reviews later. But I did have a lot of fun with this. This is a fun movie. Um, Good. So... Budget-wise, it was $7 million budget, box office, 16.6 mil. Okay. Of course, it had a big 
cult following that evolved into the TV series. The TV series had seven seasons. Yeah. And it's kind of become a phenomenon. I mean, it's its its own. The Buffy fandom is pretty crazy about Buffy. They're pretty big on the con circuit too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the actors are on uh, the con circuit. Um, it's funny because I've seen people in the show that I thought, oh, I've seen them at, the, at a con. Uh, I've seen that person at a con. <laughs> Before you had a reference point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what were they in? And actually, some, one of them was at uh, Spooky Empire, I think. Julie oh. Benz. She's one of the uh, vampires oh, in season okay. one. Awesome. I, I literally went over to her booth and was like, what is this lady in? Like, She goes to cons, but I don't know where she's from. Uh, and then you started watching Buffy a week that, later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, this was a story written by Joss Whedon. Okay. I watched an interview with him on YouTube and he said he'd seen so many horror films where a vampire chases down this beautiful blonde into a dark alleyway Mm -hmm. and then she's victimized, right? Sure. He thought, what if the beautiful blonde turned around and stabbed the vampire in the heart with a stake? Sure. And so that was the little idea. And I think that's cool. You know, we Mm -hmm. spoke before about tremors. It was a case where there was this guy that sitting on a rock, he was kind of bored, nothing to do. He's sitting on a rock and he thought, well, what if something kept me from moving off this rock? (laughs) That's right. It was just a little silly idea, but that grew into this whole big thing. You know, tremors was a big movie, several movies, TV series, same thing. And that, that's what I was reminded of when I uh, heard him talk about this. It's just, it's a simple little thing. Like, mm-hmm. what if the beautiful blonde just turns around and kills the vampire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a little twist, and boom, you have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I like it. Uh, so for the show, though, he did wonder, like, well, how do I turn this into a series? Because mm-hmm. they said, we want to turn Buffy into a series. And so he realized that high school itself is a horror story. (laughs) Oh, gosh. He must have had a similar high school experience to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's just so much alienation and just frustration and, you know, good and evils everywhere. Yeah. Angst. Angst. Lots of angst. So he said, well, you know, let's create this show. You know, I want a little more horror that was what was in the movie. More horror more creepiness, mm-hmm. uh, but I still want the the uh, the comedy, but not as much camp. Okay. And I, I think, could totally see that. And I think that, like, that obviously was very successful mm-hmm. because, you know, you mentioned the Rotten Tomato scores of the movie. Uh, you know, we talked about the legions of fans for the show. I think the tweaks that he made really worked out for the show. Right. But, you know, we're not into rumors or gossip or anything like that, but we definitely... Uh, we read and heard about a lot of problems between Joss Whedon and some of the cast members. Yeah, I guess he's become problematic. Yeah, I think there were initial signs of that with this. Uh, and then, you know, during the show, there are a lot of people complaining about his behavior. And then, oh. of course, uh, you know, Gal Gadot spoke out against him. Different actresses oh, have wow. spoken up out about him. And Ray Fisher was another actor, like kind of a toxic personality. You know? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound so, great. um, is now a bad time to bring up that you've been at cons before and people have told you you look yeah. like <laughs> Joss Whedon. Yeah, before Joss was canceled, <laughs> uh, I've been uh, told that I look like Joss Whedon, which I didn't even know what he looked like. Yeah, exactly. We just knew the name. So we looked him up. I he, don't think you look like him at all. He's got a red beard. I have a red beard. I exactly. think that's it. That's where the similarities. He's balding. Stop. I have this. 
beautiful, you know. You have wonderful hair <laughs> for a man of 45, yes. Well, for a man of any age, you have fantastic hair. Oh, so. thank you. He's got so, this yeah. kind of egg oval head. I have a big round Charlie Brown head. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> So, let's go ahead and go through the cast. Okay, well, first, we have Christy Swanson. She plays our lead. She's the beautiful blonde that's going to stab the vampires, right? Right. Yeah, she was 22 during this time, and I think she plays like a 16-year-old. Right. (laughs) And, you know, when I think of Christy Swanson, I only really know her from this movie, and I did a little IMDb action, and she was the lead in... Uh, Flowers in the Attic. Which no. did you ever see that one? No. Well, I don't remember seeing the movie, and I honestly don't remember if I read the book or if I just know about the book. Yeah, V.C. Andrews. It was a huge book, big seller. Right. Uh, very depressing yeah. story. Yeah. She has a very memorable scene in Ferris Bueller, and I can't even begin to imitate her. But she goes to this whole thing about what she had heard. And what happened to it's Ferris? It's in that spot where uh, Ben Stein is calling roll, right? No, it's no, it's Stein. right. It's right after that. Well, oh, it's right after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right, right. Yeah, he's and he's calling. like Bueller, Bueller, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's like, I heard he was dead, but she gives this long reason as to yeah who she heard he was dead from, right? Yeah, and I saw on YouTube her doing that from memory at a Toronto Comic Con. Oh wow! Yeah, they like, asked her to recite it, and they handed her the paper to read it. And she slid it back because she still remembered. She remembered the whole room. thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, she was also in Dude, Where's My Car? Okay. I had to look that up on YouTube because I didn't remember her from that. And she's basically. I've never seen Dude, Where's My Car. Okay, I don't think you would like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good. Then I don't need to see it. I don't think you would, but. Uh, She's in that. She's basically a really super hot girl in that movie. Okay. Um, and then the uh, interview that I saw on YouTube, she ta- they asked her, what have you been doing lately? Like, mm-hmm. She's been raising kids. And then Good she sneaks her. in things like Hallmark films and Lifetime films. Oh, okay. All right. So we also have Luke Perry in here. Um, and I think this is, is this in the midst of 90210 fame? Yeah. He's like our, you know, top tier actor in this movie i think right yeah and he's, he's our playing, male lead yeah he's our main he's our male lead but i think he's also the one who's getting the most buzz in the time that this movie comes out yeah he's putting butts in the seat at theaters young right? butts young butts yes it's kind of gross to say young butts but <laughs> so he we call him butts. pike all through the movie but i think his name is actually oliver pike right 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 uh of course you mentioned that he was in 90210 that was what um uh, they actually filmed this around his 90210 schedule. Mm. And yeah, he was kind of what brought in the young crowd. Uh, he was much more well-known than Christy Swanson at that time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we reviewed Fifth Element. He was in that. Uh, his last movie was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We saw him in that. And, oh. and that was... Uh, yeah, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, that it was It was probably good. just prior to his passing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. R.I.P. Luke Perry. Taken way too soon. 50, I think. I think he was like yeah, 50. Yeah, he, he was young. Yeah. Too young. Especially as a 45-year-old talking right now. That's, yeah, 50's very, way too young. Very young. Yes. All right. We also have Rutger Hauer as Lothos, which I know he's a fave of yours. Oh, yeah. 
I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. Yep. It's one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. And, you know, he's... Uh, one of the top scenes of all time is really his death scene in Blade Runner. Mm, mm-hmm. So you have to watch that. It's the whole Tears in the Rain thing? Tears in the Rain speech. Yeah. And he wrote out that whole speech himself. Oh, wow. Really? And it's this beautiful speech. Mm-hmm. It's a gorgeous moment in the film. You know, it's an amazing piece of cinema. This is, happens like 10 years later, you know, 82 to 92. So yeah. it's literally a decade later. Yeah, yeah. So he's He a looks different. way different <laughs> than he did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he sure, certainly does. All right, and we also have Donald Sutherland as Merrick Jameson Smythe Smith. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just call him Merrick in the movie. Merrick. So. He yeah. plays what they call a watcher. Mm-hmm. And these are people who train up your vampire slayers. Right. He so, can't actually slay vampire. Well, I guess he can because I think he did once. He does, or yeah. So in the movie. He's kind of a, more of a trainer, though, more of a coach, right. and less of a doer. Yeah. And uh, of course, Donald Sutherland, we just saw an in invasion of the body snatchers a couple exactly. uh, episodes ago. I do feel like this is becoming a little bit of like six degrees of separation because mm-hmm. we watch a movie and then it's like the next movie or the second movie we review is like, oh, we just saw so and so and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we review movies from the 20th century, but we kind of lean heavily on the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's true. So there's some crossover there. All right. What about uh, Paul Rubens? That's a name that our generation probably may not recognize, but if I were to say the words Pee Wee Herman, they would recognize. Well, what's funny is though you had seen the movie several times, you didn't realize it was the same actor. I didn't know it was Pee Wee Herman. And I didn't know it was either. And I made a joke about Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) You did. I did like a Mystery Science Theater joke right during the movie. And you were cackling over there. And I was like, woohoo, I told a funny. Right. And then we saw another scene. I was like, wait a minute. That's really That really is Pee Wee Herman. That's Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) Yep. And we fact-checked it, and sure enough, it was actually... I think your comment was, this is like if Pee Wee Herman played a vampire. Well, guess what? It's Pee Wee Herman playing a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Another, you know, it was like a featurette we saw on this one. Mm -hmm. He was well-known, obviously, for Pee Wee Herman, and they wanted to do something that was like as far removed from Pee Wee Herman as possible. Mm. This so this vampire was this supposed vampire to be as was, far. Eh, I don't yeah. know that they quite made it, but okay, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and he had a funny. I thought he had a pretty hilarious line in this. Like he had some some definitely some funny parts in this. Some cringy parts too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that part where he got his arm chopped off, right? And he says, "You ruined my new jacket. Kill him a lot." Yes, this is kill him a lot. <laughs> that's for sure. There's some honorable mentions in here, too. I think this movie is chock full of people that are just about to be very recognizable, but they haven't made yeah. it yet, right? right? At this In 1992. So we've got Hilary Swank. Yep. She plays kind of the mean girl, really, yeah. right? She's a little bit of an antagonist to Buffy's character. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we know her for a bajillion things. Million Dollar Baby is yeah. one of those. Uh, David Arquette is in this. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Luke Perry's like best friend. Uh, Steven Root. What else would we know him from? Office Space. Yeah, you stole my stapler. It's yeah. my favorite I'll burn stapler. the building down. 
<laughs> exactly. He plays like the principal of the high school where Buffy goes. Yeah. Uh, ben Affleck has a very like split second cameo in this movie. Yeah, as a basketball player. That's right. Yeah. And then Ricky Lake, you called her out. Like, yeah. I didn't even know she was in this, but you're like, I think that was a Ricky Lake. Yeah. She's, uh, was she like a bartender or something at the, yeah. the local bar? Uh, Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Makes a brief little appearance as a what one a of the vampires. One of the vampires, and then he's he's also in the show, by the way. Oh, he's in. The, he comes. Yeah, up he in comes the back in TV the show, show as another oh, vampire. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that. And then Alexis Arquette, which of course David Arquette's sister. Oh, okay, right? Yeah. So she, uh, she like at the end of the movie, there's the bit. It's not prom, but it's like the senior dance or whatever. Yeah. And at first, you have one DJ playing spinning records, and then when the vampires kind of crash the party, there's a girl DJ that takes over, vampire DJ, and that's yeah. Alexis Arquette. And uh, I hear that. I mean, obviously, her brother was on set, so that probably was her ticket in the door. But also, apparently, she was a longtime friend of Luke Perry's, is what I heard. It helps to have friends. It helps to know the right people. Yes. For sure. (laughs) All right. Let's get into standouts and setbacks. We'll start with standouts. Uh, I'll get us started. I think one thing that makes this accessible is that it is kind of horror light. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, we had talked about the Monster Squad, right? You know, early on, kind of like the Goonies, but it was horror Goonies. Right. It was like if you were going to get into horror as a kid, that's what, you know, the Monster Squad was. kind of your introduction to the classic monsters, right? Right, So this is kind of a soft introduction to vampires. Exactly. So I think it makes it accessible. Like if you're not definitely, you know, if you're not just like a horror fan, you're like, you know, I want to, I don't know, just... Tip my uh, dip my toe in the waters. Right, right. That's what this movie is. So if it's like if you're if you're okay with Disney's haunted mansion, like you're going to Disney, you're gonna ride a ride, and you're like, I'm gonna do Disney's haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. These are the movies for you. Yeah. If you're like a Halloween horror nights, go through all of the scary jump scare stuff. You're gonna be disappointed in this stuff, right? Right. Like, right. But this does like the those beginning those baby steps of watching right monster movies, horror movies. This gets and that. There's a larger discussion here, like the composition of the horror community. Like, why do people like horror? Mm-hmm. Some people like the gore. They like they're able to d- detach themselves from the stories so much, right? That they enjoy like the gore and the goo and the Ugh, the no. violence, you know, and the nastiness because they see it as fun and silliness and pretend. Mm. You know, yeah, that's hmm. not you. That's not me. That's, That's not, not me. <laughs> I can appreciate this because I, I will say I read a lot of critiques of this movie because you're saying this is a standout. It's horror light. Yeah. I heard a lot of, you know, pushback about like, oh, there should have been more gore. There should have been more violence. There should you know, and I'm like, wait, it's a PG-13 movie. Like, I think they yeah. hit the mark, right? Yeah, what do you expect? That right? wasn't what they were going for. They were right. going for like a teeny bopper horror light film. Yeah. And, and I think for that, they nailed it. They nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's why we all watched it at slumber parties when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it was safe-ish. Right. Right. All right. My standout is really Christy Swanson as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Right. So when you, when we start out this movie, she's totally entrenched in this valley girl teenage persona. Right. She's, you know, uh, I think in an interview she called herself a mall doll. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I don't really relate to, but I get it. I've seen it in enough movies. Like, you know, yeah. these girls are very, you know, self-centered. They're focused on fashion and what they look like and who's the cutest guy at school, you know, whatever. And she nails that. Like she plays that to a T, but then she does this pretty quick switch to this athletic vampire killer. Yeah. And she looks pretty believable. Now I, you always do the research on these things much more thoroughly than I do. So I don't know if she's doing like, there's a lot of acrobatics in the vampire killing sequences. Right. Yeah. And in her training sequences, there's a lot of, um, I I don't want to say martial arts, but like pseudo martial arts training stuff that looks like it's not a cutaway to, um, what do you call it? A stunt person. Right. So I don't know if she's... She does a lot of acrobatic moves. Right. And uh, in one of the interviews we watched, she talked about both of her parents were PE teachers. Right. She's very athletically inclined. Like genetically. Yeah, yeah. And then she grew up that way. Right. You know, in that lifestyle. So yeah, yeah. A lot of what you saw was really her. Yeah, and she's not um, a waifish person either. Like she mm-hmm. looks like a girl that could be built like an athlete, like a gymnast. So she's believable in the part. Um, she played well off of Luke Perry. I do. There's a little bit of like this could have been um, instead of being called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, this could have been called Pike the Boyfriend of the Vampire Slayer. There's yeah. a lot of focus on Luke Perry in the movie, right. but she does a good job of holding her own there. So yeah. I mean, it could have very easily slipped over to like this movie is really about Luke Perry, yeah. and I don't think she let that happen. So yeah. that's that's kudos to her. Like she, I think she did a great job, and I I do remember watching this as a, a young teenager with my sister who's four and a half years younger than I am and we just loved her like we wanted to be her you know she was she was adorable she was beautiful but she was tough and held her own and even though she was like part of this a little bit part of the mean girl crowd like she was her own person right so and I think she did a good job with it I think her story arc too showed how she moved away from the frivolity of her per, you know her yes. previous life right yeah she realized there's bigger things than this yellow jacket for instance right oh yeah the yellow jacket <laughs> that hillary swank told her was so five minutes ago yeah and then you know her boyfriend which was you know he wasn't a bad guy per se but he was definitely slimy right? yeah he was he, lame he traded out of her you know her for some other easy girl later on in the movie pretty quickly exactly and you know, I think she was able to realize kind of who she was before and where she was going and realizing, mm-hmm. like, there's more important things than uh, the silly teenage behavior right. that she was well, I think before. that was really kind of the turning point for her in the movie with that quote where she's like, I just wanted to graduate high school and marry Christian Slater or move to Europe, marry Christian Slater and die. Like, yeah. she's realizing, like, oh, there's more to life than this silliness. Yeah. Like, I have a job to do. So, right. Eh. Good for her. And, you know, just to piggyback off what you said, I felt like she played really well off of Luke Perry, mm-hmm. who I think was a very good actor in this movie. I think he did really well. He did a good job. Um, but, you know, and I don't want to spoil the setbacks too much, but Donald Sutherland was super flat. <laughs> really, really flat. So there was this pivotal scene in the movie where she's interacting with Donald Sutherland, and it's kind of like setting you up for, all right, they're growing close here. Right. And they devote, you know, three or four minutes of screen time to them getting getting close. Mm-hmm. Because up till then, they weren't close at all. No. But, like, later on, he dies in the movie. And so you have to feel something for him. Right, exactly. 
But she carries that whole scene. Like her acting chops are far and above his. Right. And you're like, this shouldn't be. Exactly. He's, he is the seasoned actor here. He's got several years of experience. Yeah, he really dialed in this one to his name. Exactly, yeah. I think he's phoning it in here. He's like, he "This is going to put a second pool in at my beach house or something." Exactly, he needed a little cash, so he got some. But she really is just carrying the workload here. I think so. And yeah, I mean, I love her in this. Like, I think when I think of standouts, I think she's pretty much like the biggest standout. Yeah, well, and it's it's like a. A feminist statement without being a feminist statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a feminist poster child here by any stretch of the imagination, but I think she is saying something here. It's very strong. Like there's a strong woman lead and she's doing what needs to be done without it being a, without it being a, I'm doing air quotes here, a statement. Yeah. Like, and I think you're right. You know, it feels pure. Like here is a, a good story. Exactly. That's what it comes down to is a good story. She was a normal, flippant teenage girl who recognizes like, ugh, I kind of have to like strap on my boots and do something here. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many male stories where there's a chosen one. Yeah. Whether it be the Matrix or, you know, Luke Skywalker. The prophesied one. Prophesied. Yeah. Well, here she is. She is the chosen one. She's got this mole that, you know, basically <laughs> says that she's a vampire slayer. She has it removed, of course, because she's a California girl. And she's vain. Yeah. She's vain. <laughs> and, but you know what? It's like she has a destiny, and the destiny is to save the human race mm-hmm. from vampires. Right. And it could have been a male. It could have been a female. And I think that's what equality is, right? Like, it can be male or female. It doesn't really matter. Right. So I feel like they nailed that. I mean, they really nailed that. Yeah. Uh, Whereas movies today are like, they shove it down your throat. Like, she made it. Like, she was powerful because she was female. Yeah. We didn't have to make that statement. Yeah. What does gender matter in all this? It was what it was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what about setbacks? Do you have any setbacks you'd like to jump into? Yeah, actually, I mean, a a few, but uh, top of the list is probably the inconsistent tone. It felt to me almost like some actors were coached by a particular acting coach, and Uh and then the other actors got a different message. Yeah. (laughs) Because some are playing it straight here. Luke Perry comes to mind, and he does a great job. I think he does a a fine job in this film, but he's clearly playing his character pretty straight. And then you've got, you know, Paul Rubens, who somebody told him like go campy dude be you do what you do yeah and they're they're playing he, it super campy I think he improvised a lot of those scenes yeah I think so and there's there's some tales out there about Joss Whedon right like yeah. he he was real mad about the improvisation that was happening on set yeah so he didn't direct Joss Whedon did not direct but he wrote the film okay so you know one scene that really stood out to me that I was like oh, it was very cringy for me uh huh and that was the Paul Rubens death scene. <laughs> Like it takes for, you know, I don't know, 45, 60 seconds for him yeah. to die. And, you know, Chrissy Swanson said she loved that part of the movie with one of our interviews. Right. She talks about she thinks that's hilarious. And then if you bring up Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, that's one of the main scenes that is very memorable from this film. Right, right. But I don't know. Like in 2022, it's I'm Paul watching Ruben's this. Paul going, oh, uh. Like he's been stabbed with a wooden stake in the heart, but he just keeps like playing it up for 
laughs or yeah, something. Yeah, for laughs. For like, like you said, 45 seconds, 60 seconds. Even at the very end of the movie, we do a cutback scene to him and he's still going, ugh, ugh, Yeah. Uh, it's which, not somebody really trying to act. No, They're no. being intentionally goofy or campy on purpose. Right. And it's like irritating. I don't yeah. know. It's like he's trying to, you know, steal the scene. And, you know, it, I think what makes it worse mm-hmm. is this is the, the big moment in which Buffy is confronting uh, Rutger Hauer, yeah. you know, our main bad guy, and she's got to get past his henchman. Right. Which is Pee-wee's character, Paul <laughs> Rubin's character, not Pee-wee. <laughs> Does Paul Rubin just get called Pee-wee everywhere I he goes? I think so. At this point, you're that's not Paul anymore, That's who he is. Pee-wee. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it worse, like... There should be a bit of, of a crescendo, you know, a climax right. this film. But he's kind of stealing the scene. With he undermines his, all that. Right. Exactly. With his antics. Yes. Which, it is a campy film. Like It's silly. I, yeah, it's silly. And that's fine. Like, it's it's horror light, like we said. But it was like he, he overdid it. He, he just, over, yeah. you know. But and so there's his character who's like going over the top campy. And then we've got Donald Sutherland who's like, cardboard in this movie yeah you know he's like like phoning it in he's like i'm just here to get my paycheck yeah and then you've got christy swanson and luke perry are giving a you know effort here they're actually doing what they were paid to do so i don't it's just very uneven in tone yeah yeah and i think you uh you brought up just what uh we alluded to earlier is our older established characters were a disappointment yeah uh donald sutherland and rutger howard they both seemed a little flat. They did. And I feel like Donald Sutherland in particular really dialed it in. You mm-hmm. know, he needed some cash. I don't know what the story was, but, uh, you know, he even admitted in one of those interviews we saw that he had a hard time telling people he was in a movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, he felt like this was beneath him, I think. He probably did. Yeah. And then every scene he's in, it just seems very lazy. There's no acting, real no. acting going yeah. on. And there's an opportunity here to, I mean, to turn this into a Disney story, really, right? Because Buffy's parents are non-existent. We see them at the most twice in the movie. I think we see her mom twice, her mom and dad once once together. Um, Largely unsupervised. Yeah, she's and and she makes the comment at one point, like the mom calls the original boyfriend by the wrong name, and and she makes the comment, like basically her parents don't care about her existence, you know, like they're off living their life, doing whatever, and she's left her own devices. So there was an opportunity for Donald Sutherland's character to become a father figure to her. And we could have really felt something when he passed, but you were kind of left like, yeah, I don't care. I if guess he does. she's gonna have to figure this out on her own. Yeah, he's gone now. You know, like yeah, yeah. He he really dropped he's, the ball on he that. He squandered the moment. You know, he really should have put a lot more into this. And I think of the show. So I, again, you know, I've only seen seven episodes. Right. But the guy that plays Giles, who is the watcher in the show, mm-hmm. he's so much better. But I can't get it. Okay, so I've passed through the room several times while you guys were watching these episodes. And Giles, I don't know the actor's real name. Uh But it's the same guy who plays Rupert and Ted Lasso, whom we hate. He is the one character in Ted Lasso that universally is hated. Yes. It took me about an episode before I started loving him in this show. Okay, because I'm like, ah, oh, I just hear his voice, and I'm like, no, die, <laughs> You know what Giles' first name is? No. Rupert. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> I guess if you're a British actor, you have to live with the, 
the character name Rupert a lot. Is it Rupert or Rupert? I don't know. Rupert. Oh, Rupert. Rupert. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. <laughs> and Rutger Howard, I don't think he uh, did a bad job. I think he was kind of just written poorly. I do. And I don't, I think this, I might be a product of my generation here where I expect a certain sexiness to my vampires. Yeah. And if he's the Lord vampire that, you know, is going to come and prey on a bunch of teenage girls. Yeah. Uh, he looked like an older man. I'm not yeah. going to say middle-aged because I think I qualify as middle-aged now. He looked um, elderly. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and now, if, not if anything 1982 of, Rutger Hauer was right. in this. 10 years earlier, it would have been a different Blade story. Version. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But this is 10 years later, and I'm like, I don't... I don't know. Because there is this weird connection between he and Buffy. Because we know from watching the movie, like, they keep running into each other through the centuries. It's almost like this reincarnation thing, right? Like, the Slayer shows up in all these different points in history, and so does this vampire lord. Right. And he almost has, like, an ability to hypnotize her or something. Yeah. So, it feels like there should be... A little more tension there than yeah. you want to believe that there is with a, I don't know, nearing 60-something-year-old man and a <laughs> high school senior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so There's nothing I, believable about the attraction there. Yeah. No. No. And, you know, I don't know. That may go be a real throwback. Like, so when you had Bella Lugosi as the right. count... He looked older. You know, was that super believable? I don't know. I, that's a good point. This felt very unbelievable, though. Uh, but I think it's something about... Bella Lugosi had a different um, embodiment of Dracula than mm-hmm. Lothos or Rutger Howard. Rutger, yeah. Am I saying his Rutger name? Rutger Howard. Yeah, Rutger yeah. Howard has. Like, he, I don't know. It's it's different. It's it's markedly different. And uh, I don't know. I just... I didn't care for it. Yeah. It wasn't too believable. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways, like, if a guy like Rutger Hauer got uh, Christy Swanson, it would have to be through power and magic. Right, exactly. It wouldn't be anything of itself. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it, too, is the the dialogue in the movie. She's already been skeeved out and grossed out by uh, Donald Sutherland's character. Like, she, when she first meets Donald Sutherland before she realizes she's the slayer and he's yeah. the watcher, she's in the mall with all of her girlfriends and they're about to, they're in an elevator, the door is closing and Donald Sutherland stops the elevator and they're all like, ew, gross, old man, you're yeah. a creeper. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. They all go, like, valley right. girl on him. And so you've already set up that, that disparity between the ages. Yeah. So then to feel like this probably same age as Donald Sutherland, man, as mm-hmm. like the lead vampire who kind of has this charisma, this charm, this pull is like, Ooh, no, we're already grossed out that you're old. Like, don't yeah. do this. Yeah. And I guess I didn't really pick up what he was putting down either, that he was into the like uh, relationship aspect. Like we're going to be something together. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and it was vague in the movie. It was vague. Too. Right. Exactly. So I don't really fault Rudger, you know, for this performance. He didn't do anything bad. No, it's a He didn't maybe fold bad it writing. in like Donald did. I felt like Donald gets a knock. He gets a setback. Right. But, you know, overall, as far as the setback on Rutger Howard, it was more of like how he was misused. Right. It really, honestly, he shouldn't have been in this movie. They should no. have picked somebody that was younger, some more charismatic charisma yeah. about him. I don't think they needed to be high school age, but they needed to be a believable age. Yeah. Right. Something that a high school girl would be like, oh, I don't know. 
I feel an attraction there, right? Well, you know, again, the show, I hate to keep bringing up the show, but like uh, the guy that plays Angel, oh, he's, much, yeah. he's much older than Buffy. And there's some mis- mystery there. Exactly. And I think that's like a... But he's young enough that he's good looking. He's right? good looking. <laughs> I think that's what you need. I think you need somebody that like, well, she could be attracted to this guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any high school girls. I'm not speaking for current high school girls because we have one in our house now. Um, but, you know, there was an attraction to a guy that's already graduated, an older guy. I mean, you were older than me. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, you're still older than me, but... Like there's, there is, but you got to be close enough that it's not creepy or skeevy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and I, I will throw myself under the bus here and say, I am tempted to watch more of the Buffy uh, series with you guys because of Angel's character, because I, I never watched the show Angel, obviously Mm -hmm. didn't watch the the show Buffy, but I watched the same actor play Sully in the Bones series. And I did like him very much in Bones. Yeah. He's a very different character of that. He is a very different character. He's very silly. Yeah. He he is a bit of the comedic relief in Bones. Yeah. But he's not still that he's like Buffy. a I don't know if he's a Navy SEAL. He was something like Special Forces or something, like mm-hmm. buff guy. Yeah, yeah. But funny. Uh any other setbacks you want to bring up? Um, I I did want to mention the editing. There uh-huh. are, there are I think a lot of editing issues in this movie. And I think I mean it was a short movie, so I mean scheduling wise for us as a busy family that was nice. Short-ish, it wasn't like crazy short. Um but I think if they'd spent a little more time on their editing, it there was just like weird cutaways. Um I think of the carousel scene with Pee-wee Herman's character and he's sorry, Paul Rubens, that's not his <laughs> name, whatever. Uh, Paul Rubin's character, he's a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, anyhow, um, he is about to get... He's one of the the popular jock friends from high school. Remember, there's a yeah. carousel scene. The guy's walking home by himself oh, yeah. late at night, and he's like the first kid that gets turned to a vampire. Yeah. But you don't see it happen. Like, it cuts away, and you don't even see that kid again for, like, 45 minutes in the movie. Yeah. So there's real weird... The same kid like, that was in the basketball game. Exactly. The kid that like shows up later in the, the basketball Wolf game. gimmick. That's when we see him again in the movie, yeah. is the basketball game. You're like, whatever happened to that guy? And I can't... Shane, maybe? I don't know. I don't like, know. I'm not remembering his name right now. But um, it's, it's just a... It was like you forgot about him, and then you're like, oh, there he is again, finally in the basketball game. Okay, so the one that bothered me the most, and I said something while we were watching the movie, is she's in the principal's office, and he's given her his... I don't remember if this was like the original when he's meeting her, or if he's like, hey, you're being a problem student, blah, Yeah, I think blah. it's when she's being a problem student. She's like yawning, having a hard time staying awake. Right, because she's been up late at night killing vampires or yeah. something, right? So she sees a fly buzzing around the room and picks up a thumbtack from his desk and puts <laughs> it in her mouth and is going to spit at this fly. I mean, that's what happens essentially. But the cutaway is so bad. When she spits the thumbtack, you literally just see it like tumble out of her mouth. It was like the worst spit ever. Yeah. Like I can spit sunflower seeds with more accuracy than that. (laughs) But then we cut away to the scene of a fly, like pinned to the wall. Yeah. And it's like, Oh no, that didn't just happen. (laughs) That's a pretty stupid scene. It it is a dumb scene. They should have cut that out. Really? They probably should have. It really added nothing to the story. It really, if somebody is that, so finely tuned with their senses, it seems like that would have come out before now. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're 16, 17, 
Well, it should have shown itself in some spore or something where, you know, like timing right. and precision and strength. Why isn't she like the most amazing cheerleader that the school has ever seen, right? If she's right. got these skills. Yeah. Um, and why didn't the principal respond to that? Like he's droning on and on about his, you know, wild years when he did LSD <laughs> at a Doobie Brothers concert or something. And this kid in front of him like pins a fly to the wall and he has zero reaction. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Well, uh, some of the things I wanted to mention about the show versus the movie, and again, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't throw poison darts at us because we've only seen seven episodes here. Yeah. And when you say we, you mean, you mean you and our daughter. <laughs> yeah, I've me seen and like our daughter. two episodes. So one of the things I think they got it right is the comedy is more clever than the campy. Okay. So they're more like one-liners that are funny. Mm. You know, and it just reminded me of like high school. Like, you know, in high school, there's all these conversations that take place all the time. And a lot of them can be mean and cruel or you're, yes. you're making fun of somebody. Uh, or, you know, you're uh, commiserating about a situation. So you're commenting. and There's all these funny things from your high school past. Right. Right. And I think they really nail that in the show. Okay. But in the movie, they go for more camp. Yes. And again, I just cringe when I think of like Pee Wee Herman doing that death scene. <laughs> like this is not serious cinema at all. Like this is as far away from serious cinema as possible. Right. That death well, scene. and I think there's a line. Like it, it, the movie is campy. Like, yeah. And that's fine. But he like, he didn't just step over the line. He like pole vaulted yeah. over the line. Right? Way over. Yeah, exactly. When I think of like Evil Dead is campy. Oh, yeah, for sure. But there's not like anything that ridiculous. Yeah. Right? When you find yourself checking your watch and you're like, can you die already? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was cute, but we're done now. Then it's too much. It's too much. Also, I think in the movie, they don't really have an ensemble. You know, Christy Swanson has Luke Perry's character, mm-hmm. but there's really nobody else that she could rely on. No, there's that little group of girls from the school, but they're, uh, she's not, she's not uber tight with any of them. And Hillary Swank is like the mean girl who's yeah. trying to undermine her. And right. that's it. Well, uh, in the movie, there's a girl named Cordelia. She's much more memorable as the mean girl. Wait, in the movie or in the show? I'm sorry, in the show. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but the ensemble that they have in the show is way better so you have Xander, who's like the male lead, but he's kind of like this funny guy. Mm-hmm. He's like comedic relief. Uh, our daughter loves Xander just because of that. Like, he's just a right. funny guy. Uh, and you have Willow, who's kind of like the nerd, right? The right, super smart, right. figures things out. And she's the girl that's from uh, How I Met Your Mother, right? Right, right. You yeah. pointed that out. Uh, and then Giles, he plays our watcher. And again, like, he's way more effective than... Uh, Donald Sutherland, you know, he like, yeah. he's just a, I hate to say he's a better actor. Like he's much, he's a much better actor in the, in this context. Right. 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 Cause we love Donald Sutherland in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sure. He's kind of crap in this film. Yeah. So Giles is great in this series. But anyway, you, uh, you don't just think of Buffy solo. She's got a team. Oh, I see. Okay. And the, which is, I mean, I don't, maybe this isn't everybody's high school experience, but that was my high, like you have your core group of people in high school, right? That's, yeah. That seems believable to me. Like you yeah. have your little group, whether it's whatever group it is, yeah. you probably have a little group of people that you gravitate towards and hang with and yeah. 
do life with. Yeah, most of us remember three or four people that you just love from high school. Yeah, those are people you're looking for in the cafeteria, right? Yeah. Or at a school assembly in the gym. Those are the people you're going to go find and sit with. Right. That right. makes sense. That so, totally makes sense. I feel like the show, you know, really does a much better job in these respects. Mm-hmm. And the movie struggles with some of these. But, you know, the show, we've talked about this several times, you know, especially, I think our second episode, we talked about Big Trouble in Little China, you know, where you have this big story to tell. Right. You have all these characters you want to jam into one, you know, story. Well, a show gives you all sorts of opportunity to That's tell. That's true. You've got a much longer timeline to work with. Yeah, much more screen time. You can tell those stories. Especially if you're cramming in 22 episodes a season. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a lot, you know, so I yeah. do feel like the show, and this isn't just for this property, but like pretty much any show is going to have a better opportunity to tell stories. Flesh out the characters. Flesh out the characters. It's going to really get you involved in the story more so than a movie, you know, yeah. 90, mo- uh, 90 minute film. Okay. I just had a light bulb moment, not really a light bulb moment, but something that I didn't want to let escape us is you mentioned that the show has more clever humor yeah. and one-liners. There is one line in the movie that I thought was the most clever of the humorous lines in the movie. <laughs> is it about PMS? No, not the one. Not her superpower being PMS or, or whatever she says. No, what, What's not the one, that one line? No, when she's a, before Pee Wee Herman goes into his ridiculous death scene that takes up two whole scenes... Um, he says, but he's saying something to her, like, she's about to stab. at this stab- point, she's, uh, he's got his arm ripped off. Right. He's already lost his arm. Exactly. In his little altercation with Luke Perry's character when he's, I don't know, he was having a Teen Wolf moment. He was like on the roof of his van or something. Lost his arm. Anyhow, so Pee Wee Herman's lost his arm. Peter, or Paul Rubens, whatever his name is. And Buffy has him in a corner. She's about to drive a stake through his heart. Uh And he's giving his last little soliloquy about, you know, like, we're immortal. You can't touch us. We're (laughs) blah, blah, blah. We can do anything we want. And she was like, oh, yeah? Clap. And that just, (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) That was the most clever zinger in the whole movie. (laughs) Because we know he's already lost one arm. He's standing yeah. there with one arm, making his biggest his big speech about how he's immortal and he can do whatever he wants. And she's like, yeah, clap. <laughs> I'm sorry to the one-armed folks out there, because yes. that may be in poor taste. But they're it was hilarious their, in the moment. They're shaking their one fist at you right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the most clever line in the movie. Now's the point in which we say yay or nay. What say ye, Kim? Okay. This is one of my middle of the road, meh, but not a, it's it's more of a yay meh than a nay meh. <laughs> Does that make, can I do that? Yay, nah, not a meh, no meh or what? Yeah. <laughs> no, you just butchered that. I butchered <laughs> So it's a yay for me for mis- for nostalgic purposes, right? Like I grew up watching this at slumber parties. I watch it with my sister all the time. Like we we love Christy Swanson's character. Yeah. So, you know, when I think of it through that lens, I'm like, yeah, if it's on, this is always my, like, would I watch this on a rainy Saturday 
if network television were a thing and it happened to be playing. Which That's I a guess, lot of qualifications right, right there. Right. <laughs> or, okay, we're about to be traveling. We'll be staying in hotels some. Yeah. That's a situation where, because we're at home, like we have all the streaming things. Yeah. So you have to like make a decision about what you're going to watch. Right. But if you had cable television, I guess, if, if that's still a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or network television or whatever, and you're flipping through the channels and you come across, oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I would let this play. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, let's watch this. So let's say it's raining, we're stuck in a hotel room, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be at the beach later in the summer. That is somewhere where we normally have like, network cable television whatever like yeah. if this were on yes i'd be like yeah cool it's buffy let's watch buffy the vampire right. slayer because it's fun it's nostalgic and it's pretty safe for the whole family yeah so yeah yeah it gets a yay not yeah. a resounding yay but it gets a yay from me right i agree 100 percent. i think it's uh you know not a cinematic classic <laughs> no i don't remember a whole lot of things about the film you know, in 10 years, I won't remember a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy Swanson stands out. I think she's a really great Buffy. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they had started the series immediately after, you know, this movie, mm-hmm. I think she would have been fantastic, you know, and she right. would have been loved and revered just like Sarah Michelle Gellar is. Right. She does. She's awesome as Buffy. Uh, you know, the rest of the movie, you know, it's just kind of Okay. Uh, I think Luke Perry does a pretty good job. Right. Uh, it kind of falls off after that. Right. But it's a fun, silly, happy uh, movie, campy horror film, mm-hmm. you know, comedy horror. I think it, it works. I think it's fine. I think it's good and entertaining. I say yay. All know? right. Hey, something I just thought about, and I, you and I both kind of have a love for things, not just nostalgic from our own life, but... Things that are vintage, we'll yeah, say. Even from the way past. Think about Luke Perry's look. Yeah. And Christy Swanson's look. Who yeah. do they remind you of? Hmm. Good question. James Dean, Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Like, don't they both have kind of classic... Classic beauty. Beauty to them. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I definitely see the James Dean, uh, you know, comparison. Right. I think Christy Swanson is kind of... Uh, she's a classic beauty. Maybe more like a Grace Kelly. Okay, yes. Grace Kelly. That's better. I like that. She, but she's somewhere in between. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe was obviously this very voluptuous, yeah. sexy beauty, but kind of ditzy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, whereas... You know, Buffy kind of starts that way and then matures through this movie, but she's not as, um, what's the word I'm thinking of for Grace Kelly? Grace, Grace Kelly's very... Like sophisticated. And, and, but ballerina-esque even in her build, right? Like right. she's slender and graceful, yeah. whereas there's like, uh, there's an athleticism. Yeah. I think what uh, Christy Swanson, I think that's yeah, where the disconnect, where you and I maybe differ. I feel like uh, Luke Perry is that classic... You know, James Dean, Mm -hmm. Marlon Brando. Rebel without a cause. Yeah, especially when he kicks the bottle. You know, there's that whole plot where he, like, is struggling with alcohol, and he kicks the bottle, he shows up at the dance. Right. He's, you know, I don't know. He shaved his soul patch. He shaved his soul patch. God bless him. So he kind of has that classic, you know, bad boy, good looks. Right, exactly. Whereas I think in the early 90s, you know, this was new. I think this is where Christy Swanson is like, all right, yeah, I'm beautiful. Like, Christy Swanson's gorgeous. Striking, yeah. Very striking. You know, even with those thick eyebrows, it's kind of like more modern day 
You're right. Yeah. Like what girls would well, want to be. I mean, it's early '90s, so we weren't quite into that. Uh, you know, penciled in eyebrow look of the late yeah. '90s, early yeah. 2000s. But she's just such a beautiful girl. But she has something that Grace Kelly didn't have, and that was that athleticism. Right. That like, all right, we've talked about earlier, she's believable in that she kills vampires. Right, exactly. She looks like she, you know, sometimes you watch these, um, you know, movies and you see these little like, I'm thinking of... Waif of girls. Yeah, yeah. waif girls that are like kicking butt and taking name and you're like, in no world could you do that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we've said this before, that's not believable. Right. You know, if you're just an average human mortal girl, and you <laughs> yeah. weigh 150 pounds. Right. How are you beating up these muscle-bound 280-pound guys? Exactly. It's annoying, right? right? Like, all right, this is manipulation, right? Right. But in this movie, like, she's a vampire slayer, and she looks the part. She looks right. physical. She looks strong. Mm-hmm. She does. She really does. And it's believable. She's using a stake. She's using tactics. Mm-hmm. And she's using weapons. Yeah. To defeat defeat these vampires. And there's obviously something kind of supernatural going. She's the slayer. Through, yeah. That keeps being reincarnated through history. You know, so there's... She's got other things working for her. But there's... Back to my point of like, you and I both love this kind of historical mystique or whatever. And she does have kind of that classic beauty, the blonde kind of Grace Kelly look to her, Mm -hmm. plus a more modern sensibility of like an athleticism. So I don't know. I think maybe that's part of what draws us to these characters and to this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. We did have some comments on our social media. Okay. Uh, just a couple, though. So I don't know how popular this movie was oh. with our followers. Well, on you Instagram. had never seen it, so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a lot of people out there our age that haven't seen it. Could be. Uh, so Lindsay Marie 623 says, one of my very first favorite movies. Oh, she's probably close to my age. <laughs> she probably is. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Film State in Island says movie very early 90s show very late 90s (laughs) (laughs) yes i mean that sounds like a very like factual statement but maybe they're getting to the look and the feel the fashion movie yeah yeah. it's very almost 80s for the movie and then it definitely moves into a very late mid to late 90s feel in the the show show. there's like this club that they all go to the bronze the bronze yeah. yeah And I, I used to play at a place like I'm a musician and, you know, in high school and college, I played at a club called Friar Tucks. Oh, yes. Friar and it was kind of like the bronze, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, so we're the band we're playing and, and then these high schoolers are intermingling with college kids. Right. They're hanging out at this big, you know, club. A fake ID situation happening. Well, no, you don't even have to have a fake ID. Oh, you know? okay. You can walk around. Uh, but anyway, the... Uh, but, the music in the show is very grungy, post-grunge. Grunge yeah. and post-grunge. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the show, the grunge hasn't happened yet. Right. So they have, I don't what know. you mean the, in the movie? The in movie. the movie, I'm sorry. Yeah. So in the movie, you have like, uh, I don't know, it's like Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's kind of Yes, that. I think there was a Toad the Wet Sprocket. Maybe at the dance? At the dance, is yeah. Is that where that was playing? And then the opening scene with the cheerleading dance. I don't know if it was, but it sounded very like CNC Music Factory kind of yeah. Jock jam something. Yeah. You know, kind of very late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And yeah. There, there's all the bright colors. They're wearing purple leggings with their yellow cheerleading, you know. The bright yellow jacket. Yeah. Exactly. It's still that very fly in the late, late 80s. 80s. Late 90s, yeah. Yeah. 
So I totally get that comment. I get that statement. Right. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more there than just the, like, this is a fact that this came out in the early 90s and the other came out in the late 90s. So for our next episode, what are we watching? Okay, you mentioned it in this episode, and I think we're following this whole stream of consciousness thing. Okay. We are going to watch Tremors and talk about Tremors from 1990. It's a PG-13 movie. A lot of you are probably very familiar with it. It is a horror movie that I have seen. Yes. And I, maybe I shouldn't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Okay, I won't give my opinions on it. But I will give you the IMDb blurb if you're not sure what Tremors is. IMDb tells us natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures which are killing them one by one. Ooh. Yep. I'm very excited to review this film. I think it's a great summer watch. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like me and you're a little squeamish about horror movies, this is a safe one. It's it's like Jaws in the Desert. Jaws right? in the Desert. I like it. Jaws in the Desert. Go out, watch this movie, guys. Really go out, find it, watch it. Then we'll review it. We'll talk about it again together in two weeks. That's right. All right. Have a great week, guys. Enjoy your movie watching. Peace out. Peace out.